What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Howdy, partners. Welcome to another episode of the MLS. What you, I had no, to. No, no, you no. knew it was coming because yes. of what we're talking about. Yes. I think this is the exact perfect time to use intro. <laughs> yes. Howdy, partners. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Drew here with... Connor and Josh. As always, Connor is wearing a Maple Leafs jersey, has a Maple Leafs background, so he is stressed and excited about playoff hockey. I am depressed about playoff basketball. Life is good, but... Okay. (laughs) Exactly what happened to the Raptors. Everyone's depressed. We're all sad. Our MLS teams are even bad, too. This is just going to be a sad episode, but thanks, as always, for tuning in. We have lots to talk about North Americans abroad, current teams in the league, teams winning leagues, teams getting relegated and everything in between. But before we get into the wild, wild Western world of soccer, it's been two weeks. We talked a little bit about how depressing our sports teams are, but some good things have to have happened. Josh, new job. How has the past two weeks been treating you as you get ready to work at one golf course, multiple golf courses? One golf course, but as we were discussing before recording, I get uh, access to all the golf courses that the the main management company owns. So that's exciting. And that starts next week. But these last two weeks have been super busy. Like we talked on the last pod, that was a big reason for us uh, not being able to record. Um, I was in Ohio for world championships that went really, really well. Very, very fulfilling experience. Um, we... That's one, one of like our who didn't do well. No, no, no. We we did. Um, so just real quick, like the briefest way I can explain this. So all these drum lines go up to Ohio, the great city of Dayton, Ohio, um, thanks to politics. Um, but everybody comes together, you perform, you get three rounds, you get a preliminary round, a semis round, finals round, top 20 groups go to semis, top 15 go to uh, the finals. The group that I teach with had not made finals in their class since their first year of existence, which was 2015. So it's been seven years that the group I teach has been in finals. Um, one of our key staff members uh, unexpectedly passed away in the fall last year at the end of August. And uh, he and his wife teach with us. So it's been a very emotional season and not having him around was you know, really sad, uh, very painful at times, but for us to get back in the finals, which is a goal that we have had as a staff, I've been teaching there. This is my fifth year teaching there. So it's something we set out to do five years ago. And it's taken a while between trying to figure out how to run this group. And then also the pandemic slowing and stopping things. Um, so it was just a very emotional experience. we got back in the finals And it was great. And it was so awesome to see the students experience that for the first time, because 
only one of the students had ever performed in that arena. And even then he didn't perform in a finals, um, a, a, a final round. It was an earlier round in that same arena, um, UD arena where the Dayton Flyers play. So that was a really great experience long Wednesday through Sunday of last week. And then I come back to Georgia and I just performed in the little mermaid musical for a high school in this County. Um, the high school is a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a magnet school and their special, their specialized education. Connor, you don't know what a magnet school is. A magnet school just means that students who aren't zoned for that high school are allowed to go to that high school if they are in the program that the school specializes in. This one specializes in the performing arts. So they have a hundred kids on Broadway right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, really insane. So they did the Little Mermaid musical. I played in the pit orchestra, but we had rehearsals and shows every single night for the last seven days, Monday to Sunday, two shows on Saturday, which is why I wasn't able to watch MLS. Uh, and these are like, you know, three hour shows at a time so it was that was a lot of fun but i had like no time this week between working mornings and rehearsing and performing in the evenings so as i told you guys as soon as we're done recording this podcast i'm about to just like veg out for eight hours and enjoy my first like real pure free time ever so that's like the, the gist of what's been going on the last two weeks all the tv shows and movies has been good the new doctor strange movie comes out on thursday i'm super excited to see that uh, so yeah, it's been good. Most important question from this, where did you place? We unfortunately ended up placing in 12th. So after the first round, we were in eighth and then we dropped to 10th and then dropped to 12th. Uh, but we scored a 91.9 after our first, uh, first round, which is the highest the, the group has ever scored in its seven year history. Uh, so that was really, really exciting. So when we were done, it was like, this is awesome. We've put ourselves in a good position to make it to Saturday. So it was, like I said, very rewarding, very fulfilling experience. And again, it was so awesome to see the students, especially all the work they've put into the season and to see them get rewarded for all that hard work was, was awesome. They're middle schoolers, right? No, no. These are high schoolers and college kids. Okay. Cause when you said uh, one kid had already had experienced playing in that arena i fully thought you were talking about some kid who's been in middle school for seven years <laughs> no uh and what's kind of funny about that is there's an age out like you can't perform past the age of 23 but because of the pandemic if you were 23 in 2020 you've been allowed to march these last couple of years because you know you didn't get to do your last year so this particular member he has already graduated from college he went to uga and he like works for the weather channel. So he's like, a, he's an adult <laughs> at this point, but this was his last year of eligibility. And he's the only one who has been doing it long enough, of course, to have performed in that arena before. So. Huh. What does he do with the weather channel? Uh, that's a good question. I've been told, I just don't remember what it is. That's hilarious. So yeah, you've been busy. True. You actually do things. How have you been? That's what I like to think. Um, good, good. Had today off. Last week was kind of busy. Um, we had two games in a week to be played last Monday um, and then just played Saturday, which is why I am off today. So recording on Monday. Um, 
won this past Saturday 2-1 win over Union Omaha, who is currently still in the U.S. Open Cup because they beat the Chicago Fire in penalty kicks. So shout out League One, getting it done. That rhymed unintentionally. Um, so, yeah, good win. Miguel Ibarra just won player of the week from the Independence. A little MLS connection there. Uh, former Minnesota United defender. So that has been good. I played golf today. It was fine. Uh, I have started Marvel movies a little bit. I have just watched the first Captain America, first Avenger. It was good. It was Is fine. Is that the movie you started with? Yeah. Is that no, wrong? no, Drew, you were supposed to, no. Oh, no. That's what all the diagrams told me. I know, and you know what? They're wrong. They're oh, wrong. no. Yeah, and then I was a flashback. Not the one person who's sitting. It's all of the diagrams on the internet, not you. Yeah, and they're all wrong, and I have a very good reason for why they're wrong. We won't get into it now, but <laughs> just know that I'm disappointed, Drew. Oh, good. Uh, but then I watched that. Then I watched the first Iron Man. And then I watched the first Thor. And next up is Hulk. And then I will watch Iron Man 2 and then Avengers, I think is what's on my radar. Hulk. Drew, look, we're going to talk after we're done recording. I'm going <laughs> to set you straight. You don't need to watch Hulk, man. You don't need to do that. I Okay, we'll talk about it later. Um, when was there a Hulk movie? What? What do you mean what? back in 2009 or 2010? Wait, side note. Sorry. It is the 14 year anniversary of when Iron Man came out, when the first MCU movie debuted. So it's been a nice, pleasant 14 years of distractions from the hellscape we reside in. But anyway. Wait, are you saying the Hulk before Ruffalo? Ruffalo never. Uh, technically, this is the Ruffalo Hulk. He just got recast, they didn't keep Edward Norton. But we're also not talking about the 2003 Hulk movie with Eric Bana. Again, we don't need to get into this right now. I will just talk. I will I will turn this into a Marvel podcast and not an MLS podcast. Yeah, you need if, you to start if y'all are not careful. You need to start a Marvel podcast. Um, I, I have a friend who does one. So if I ever want to hop on and talk, I can always go to him for it. Of course you do. Of course you do. Apart from Marvel, anything else, Drew? You know, I don't. I don't think so. The draft was the other day. Georgia had 15 guys drafted a new record which was pretty crazy to cover those guys in their senior year. So that was fun. Falcons didn't do that bad in the draft. Surprisingly, they didn't make me too mad. Um, Hawks, yeah, that was sad. I didn't expect them to do anything, though. The Braves have been struggling, but it's too early to tell. Um, if, you know, if last year's any indication, they can go all the way until August. Acuna's back. Acuna's back. That's good. Um I've also been watching The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Super good show. I'm kind of balancing that and Marvel movies. Getting ready for Stranger Things. Season four comes out in like three weeks-ish. Super pumped about that. And the same day, Obi-Wan. Or I saw Obi-Wan. that on Disney+. Plus. I was trying to watch The Simpsons as I was falling asleep. And I was like, oh, shoot, Obi-Wan. Um, so that'd be cool. But I think that's all I got. How is it, Connor? You're done with school, right? Are you like a college graduate now? I haven't officially graduated. My graduate or commencement or whatever the hell they call it is in June. So I get. Oh, to, you still got time. Um, I don't even have all my marks back yet. So who knows? But uh, yeah, I haven't been doing much. A lot playing a lot of FIFA. It's team of the season right now. As we're recording this, Carlos Vela just got a SBC. So 
gonna have to go do that um afterwards josh is very confused he doesn't understand this um yeah <laughs> oh yeah because our listeners will understand what you're talking about too if they play fifa and ultimate team they will uh, oh mm, that's why okay yeah uh other than that leafs play tonight uh we don't need to talk about the raptors the jays are good and a show that i really like got canceled so yay uh let's talk about north americans abroad very very quickly josh Sargent and norwich are officially relegated surprise surprise they sucked uh so hopefully he does better in the championship Fulham got promoted and just annihilated Luton Town 7-0 as this afternoon, like as we're recording this. So they're taking Norwich's spot. Uh that's the team that Anthony Robinson plays for, right? Yeah, and Tim Ream. And Tim Ream. There we go. So when one American falls, two shall take its place. Um speaking of, they need a special like purgatory division between Premier League and a championship for just for Norwich and Fulham since they always go up and down like every single year. I propose you call it League One and Three Quarters. <laughs> <sighs> we'll just move on from that. Uh, we will stay in the championship though because Richie Larea made his debut for uh, Nottingham Forest, finally. Forgot about him. Made a couple appearances as a substitute. Yes, I think the manager did for a while too. Uh, Davies, another Canadian, won the league with Bayern again. That's 10 straight because Bayern are the best team in Germany. Although Dortmund just picked up Nico Schlotterberg, it's not going to make a difference. Germany sucks. What it's all fake. We're all just playing games and watching Bayern win the league. I hate Germany. Someone, (laughs) subject. my friend was like, uh, oh, wow, Bayern won the league today. I was like, dude, they won when the league started. Like, when the season started, Bayern already won. Like, that's just how it – terrible. I think next season will be more competitive because uh, – I haven't heard that before. Dortmund have actually made some additions. This is the year. Oh, my God. The, their classic is this week. Dortmund's only three points behind. Get, nope. Demolished. Well, they did add Nico Sewell. Uh, and they're going to lose Erling Holland. Well, yeah, and then they've replaced him with a Demi, didn't they? You can't replace Erling Holland. That's impossible. Well, no, but uh, you can fill that void a little bit, dude. Byron might lose Lewandowski. Like, what's your point? What do you mean? What's my point? He's that team doesn't need Lewandowski to be good. They don't need. Dortmund the- needs Holland to be good. Okay, this. All of your opinions are now invalidated. Robert Lewandowski is the best goal scorer on the planet, period. Brendan Aronson, not the best goal scorer on the planet. Probably not even... Close close second. (laughs) He's not even second for the U.S. Uh, Won the Austrian League and scored the clincher, interestingly. (laughs) And Miguel Almiron, who also isn't... Stop. (laughs) Say it right. No, Miguel Almiron. I'm saying it like that. Uh, they both, they both got angry at me before we started recording. Cause apparently it's Miguel, but it should be Miguel. Apparently, <laughs> apparently <laughs> do play in MLS for two seasons. I've never heard it. Miguel, but go I've off, I guess. Well, I don't know how you haven't picked up on that earlier, but he scored for Newcastle. Uh, it was like two weeks ago, but it was a banger. They still want to talk about it. He's not going to last the transfer window or the off season because they're going to spend endless amounts of money and well, they got to spend some money in order to be able to do that or sell 
bring in some money. Yeah. So that's it. I don't know. So it was for once, it was a bit of a busy North Americans abroad, which we haven't had in a while. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Lots of winning leagues and soon it'll just be MLS on its lonesome and it's the endless spiral that that is. So let's talk about it because we hate ourselves and I don't know why we do this to ourselves anymore. Uh, but you know, let's talk about some MLS. Uh, actually quickly, we're going to start with a little bit of NWSL because, uh, Angel city played, I think it was their home opener. Um, on, was it this weekend or two weekends ago? Uh, this past weekend, April 29th, which funny enough is four years to the day LAFC opened in bank of it's the bank of California. Yes. So four years later, now LAFC having a women's team, which I think they're owned by two separate organizations. I'm not sure that might need to be fact-checked. Um, but yeah, 22,000 people showed up. It's crazy. So exciting to see that beat the courage two one. It was awesome. I don't know if you guys watched that. Awesome highlights. Atmosphere looked crazy. So that was exciting. Hopefully good things for the league. Hopefully that keeps up. Washington Spirit had about 10,000 at their game. And we obviously know the Portland Thorns are going to go crazy. So good things in the NWSL world. Yeah, there was a big uh, attendance at a game in Europe recently too. 91,000. New record. Yeah. That was Barcelona Madrid in the El Clasico, I think. Think right. That sounds right. It was definitely Barca. I don't know who they were playing. I'd imagine it was El Clasico. Uh, apparently, potentially Kadisha Buchanan going to Real Madrid. Uh, so that could are, be interesting. Are we also going to talk about the bad stuff in NWSL or just the good stuff? Oh yeah, that coach, Houston yeah. Dash. <clears throat> that, that was. Coach. I didn't dig into that a whole lot. Um, yeah, that was just like everything bad has been happening in the NBCL, and then that happens. Like, oh god, it's not going to stop, is it? Every coach that started last year as the coach of an NWSL club is gone because they were fired, suspended. I th- I think that's it. I think all of them have been run into some sort of like serious issue. And when you say fired, you don't mean necessarily due to performance. It's no, no, no. Yeah, I should be sorry. Fired for cause, as in like they did, they broke rules, they violated league rules, team rules, whatever the case is. Usually abuse of some kind or harassment is probably a better word to use. Yeah. So NW still have a bit of an issue there that they need to solve. Uh, it, it should be getting better. The reason why this has even happened is because of new league rules that are in place and because of the investigation that's been happening for the Houston Dash in a year over the last year? Um, They just signed the league's first CBA in history at the Angel City game. So hopefully that will improve things because it's been really bad. It looks like things are getting better. Having more women own teams. I think the Washington Sphere just got a new owner. They just got their championship rings and they look sick as poop to keep it PG-13. So hopefully things will get better. I, PG-13 probably would have been crap instead of poop. I think you're... Sorry. Oh, I don't know. Just, we could just say shit. Connor's going Connor's <laughs> to bleep it out. Yeah, okay. Let's give me more work. Let's do... <laughs> uh-huh. Thanks. Uh, I have to go through and find it after that, too. It's 
Okay. Let's talk about MLS and why we're here to suffer and cause ourselves pain and endless agony because that's all. It's not, it's not that bad. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. Uh, and it started with Hani Mukhtar and Walker Zimmerman getting new DP extensions. Uh, Zimmerman actually being a DP now. Uh, so all three spots are filled. I think Ake Loba is the other one. The guy that never plays. Yep. Yeah, who plays. Uh, Interesting, we're seeing another center back get a DP contract. Although I guess this is a little different than some of the other ones because he was already existing in MLS and just sort of got upgraded. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if any center back deserves it, it's probably Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, that's very true. Um, you never had any inter- interactions with them, right? When you were at Nashville? No, I tried to talk to him once, man. It didn't work out. He's, as you can imagine, he's kind of a tough cookie to get to. He seems fine, though. He seems cool. Fair enough. Yeah, so, unfortunately, Drew has no good stories like other players. Uh, like Alex, Alistair Johnson being a legend. Because um, I had an, I had another friend of mine meet him, like, a month ago because he was doing something and apparently he was a really good guy then too. So sounds like Alistair Johnson's just a really good dude. Uh, great social media follow too. Uh, I like him on so, like Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, I was going through before the show, looking at sort of the MLS scores. Cause we put in who scored, which we'll do in a second. Um, and he liked one of uh, the goals from Mark Anthony K uh, because He's just a good guy. Uh, but I don't know if Montreal would like that. Other news, though, Charlotte made an acquisition because the transfer window closes on Wednesday uh, as we're recording this, which is May 4th. Yes, yes that is Wednesday's date. Signing a U-22 initiative player, Colombian kid named Kerwin Vargas or Kervin Vargas. Um, came from Portuguese side CD Farense. Ferenc, I think is how you say it. They're also acquiring Andre Shinyashiki from Colorado. Uh, he was sort of on the block following the acquisition of Jesse Zardes, which finally happened after everybody said it should happen. Because Oh, yeah, we missed that, didn't we? We did miss yeah. that. Uh, they basically got their money back for Zardes. It was basically Shinyashiki for Zardes. When you look at transfer fees i think i'm pretty sure zardes was like 400k and shouldn't you see around 400 that's that's correct like on on the face of the deal but there's a lot of you know extra layers to zardes signing with colorado like if he signs a dp contract columbus gets more money yeah there's a bunch of like qualifiers in there so you know because it's impossible to have a simple interleague deal of any kind you know why wouldn't we introduce a $20 million salary cap instead of having certain players who can make 50 million and the rest of your roster only making a hundred grand, you know, it makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, that happened. Uh, interesting. There's been a lot of moves this late. I don't know if we've seen that very often in terms of teams making deals right up against the transfer window. It's typically, I think ends around the start of the season, but I guess teams are trying to offload some money, bring in some new talent, and we'll see how much of an impact Zardes has on Colorado because I think that's a great acquisition for them and solves a lot of problems. But 
Final little piece of MLS news, almost said NWSL. That would be very notable because it would mean they're playing in Champions League. Uh, But second leg is going on Wednesday in Seattle, 10 p.m. Currently tied 2-2. The away goals rule is obviously still in place. So Seattle are basically in a very, very good spot. Uh, It's practically draw or win and they are the first MLS team to win CCL ever. Uh, did either of you, oh, Josh, you obviously didn't drew. Did you watch the game on Wednesday? I did. Um, but hold your horses there. Captain, I think. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think away goals are still a thing in the yes, final. They are. Yes, they are. This article says away goals rules ditched after semifinals. What article? From where? En.as.com. What? 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 Where I've <laughs> extra time podcast, uh, Alexi Lawless's podcast, a bunch of other places I've heard them say that away goals are still a rule. So, right so they're in good shape. Um, I yes, I did watch it. It was frustrating. There's some penalty shenanigans uh, toward the end there. It broke Seattle's way, which was wild because the play happened. It was just like, move on, we keep going. And then the ref said, hold on a second, a word of the pin. I think Ladero scored both goals because they both were both pins. Um, and then it really felt like Seattle was going to get CONCACAF because what was the first goal that Pumas got the pin. Stefan Fry saved it and they came back and said he was off his line and he bangs in the next one um i thought seattle could have won the game though i really thought they should have won that game which like again two two draw is totally cool like if you had said before then like hey they're gonna tie two two like that's totally cool i would have taken it but missed some chances could have been worse um but they're shaping up really well they didn't play this weekend pumas played i think they won but they're currently in a weird like they have to win just to make it to some playoffs. I don't know how the Mexican league works. Um, so they played a high stress regular season game. That I think Seattle is going to break the attendance record. Last time I saw there was like 60 plus thousand tickets sold for Seattle. Um, the Marshawn Lynch Seattle video is probably the greatest piece of social media I've ever seen. Um, big so effing game, big effing game, <laughs> small effing dog though. I don't want to make <laughs> Connor have to bleep it out. Um, so that was, that was cool. I I, I don't I don't think I'm sick yet with the fever, but it's I need to start checking my temperature if that might be a good way to put it. Um, they can win, but they can also lose. Like this could finally be it, but this feels like I think they're gonna lose in pins. There's no way this is actually gonna happen. That's my take. I think they'll lose in pins. Um, but Seattle was good. I thought they were the better team than Pumas in the first leg and set themselves up well. The league gave them a break, having this weekend off. The atmosphere is going to be crazy, even though it's a Wednesday. And everything looks like it's going Seattle's way, which makes me think Pumas is going to get it done somehow. It's going to be uh, Alfredo Salcedo. That's who's going to get the winner for Pumas, I think. Did you specifically say penalties just to cause me PTSD? Yep. I figured. I figured. <laughs> uh, I think they're in the best position we've seen in a lot, probably since Toronto FC to win CCL. Uh, 
this is a stacked, stacked team, and they've had a lot of scheduling things sort of fall their way, uh, as well as like decisions and stuff. They're solid. They're very, very solid, and I think they're in a really good spot, especially heading on home on the turf, which I don't know how comfortable Pumas will be on. Seattle getting this weekend off, was that like a how long do we know how long that had been in the schedule or is it MLS was like, Oh shoot, you're in the final. Like you get this weekend off or is this built in for a while? Good question. I am not sure. They were talking about it before, like on Wednesday's game. So I don't know. Yeah. Cause they've, we were looking at it earlier, taking sort of a peek at the standings and Seattle only played seven games, uh, which is very weird. Cause some teams have played 10. So Maybe it is a thing, like they moved it because of the final, but uh, I'm not sure, honestly. I I think the bottom line is we could potentially see history and a turning of the tides in terms of North American soccer because I think just getting that one is going to have a huge impact on the league. Uh, you know, i very hockey-focused with the Leafs playoff game tonight, first one. And you sort of get the same feeling in MLS as with the Leafs, where if they win a round, all the demons that had been plaguing them of not being able to win disappear behind you. And I think MLS are in a really good spot to exercise those demons. And if they don't, well, the only team to blame is Seattle. And that's, for my money, the best team here like franchise MLS has in terms of consistent winning and product in the field. Uh, I think Brian Schmetzer is an unbelievable coach. So yeah, I like their chances. Drew, we know you think they'll lose in penalties. Josh, how do you think this game's going to end? Because I know you love doing predictions. I would be just shocked if Seattle didn't find a way to, to get this done. Um, yeah. I mean, the fact that they were able to come back on the road and tie things up is huge. Um, those two away goals also massive. So yeah, I just, I, I, I hate it's, I hate saying it and I don't feel good, but I would just be so surprised if Seattle didn't somehow manage to win CCL. I am very excited. I don't know that I will uh, be able to watch because it's so late. I'm going to try, but it's going to be such an exciting atmosphere. And the fact that that place is filling up beyond the normal 40,000 in the bottom two sections is really, really exciting. Yeah. That's going to be an insane atmosphere. Have they ever done that before? Yes. Plenty of times. Um, for MLS um, Cup finals. Yeah. The stuff, most right? recent huge one was going to be, MLS Cup against against who? Who'd they who they play in that one? I don't know. I can't remember. Um you blacked out that day. Just yeah, I chance. just remember I think they were missing a DP striker, the team they beat. Uh I don't know. If I remember correctly, I think that DP striker still managed to score. Yeah, I think he came on as a substitute late in the match. Yeah, because that's all he can manage because he's made of paper. <laughs> also, I th- <laughs> accurate. <laughs> um I think there was also an own goal scored. Um by a guy who now works for a front office too, uh, who's really got a consistent uh, portfolio 
of doing well in cut matches, even though I love the guy and think he's great. Um, yeah. Let's talk about MLS games. <laughs> it's like, enough, enough of this bit. <laughs> enough of this bit. I'm sad. Um, MLS games. We are going to do two sort of big chunk talks. Um, first one on the Texas teams, then we'll fire through all the other games. And then we're going to finish off with Nashville to Philly and LAFC, Minnesota. We're starting with the Texas teams though. First game, Austin beat Houston two to one. Sebastian Ferreira scored for Houston from the halfway line, uh, which was insane. Daniel Pereira and Sebastian Driussi scored goals for Austin. Driussi now, I think, has seven on the season. Uh, so he's killing it. And then SKC in Dallas drew 2-2. Johnny Russell scored a PK. Daniel Saloy scored for SKC. Alan Velasco and Jesus Ferreira scored for Dallas. What? It's Shallowy, just by the way. Daniel Shallowy, whatever. You guys, you wanted to talk about the Texas teams. I still don't think Houston's very good. I'm also not fully sold on Dallas, but based on the first sort of few matches, Velasco could be a really, really good signing for them. Why do you think they're good? Because I look at Houston, they're 3-3-3, three, three, and three, and I don't think they've had the toughest opponents, if I'm being completely honest. I think they've had it fairly easy uh, to this point. Uh, so I'll go because I was kind of the one pushing the whole Houston narrative. I won't go as far as to say they're good. And I was careful in my words when we were discussing it earlier, but I wasn't saying they were good. I was saying they're decent and that they're okay, which for them is a huge step forward. Uh, let's not forget that Hector Herrera is going to be with this team in the next couple months. So that's going to be a big boost for them when he gets there. Um, I expect them to be active in the summer window, possibly, uh, they still have like all those DP slots. I'm pretty sure. I think Herrera is the only um, uh, DP. So there, well, no, Sebastian Ferrer is also another DP, but he can probably be bought down. Either way, Houston has lots of room to maneuver. The fact that they have done a decent job of not losing is good. Um, yes, they've lost two games in a row, and that sucks. But before that, they were on a nice, uh, I think it was like six to seven game undefeated streak, which again, massive Im improvement for the dynamo over the last couple of years. It looks like uh, Nagamura has the team, you know, set up well. Uh, he's got a good structure there. It seems like he's been getting very organized and they're just playing better soccer this year. So I wouldn't go as far as to say they're good. I would definitely not go as far as to say they'll make the playoffs. I think they might be close. Um, they've also tend to struggle in the summer the last few years. So they could still go through that. We are, we still have lots of season left. So but for now though, Houston is off to a solid start. They're building a very good foundation. I think for them moving forward as a club and um, like a few clubs in the league, they're, they're making good moves. They're making good baby steps in order to make real progress over the next few years. So good for them. What about the other two Texas teams though? Do you think they're for real or do you think there's a bit of a smoke screen going on there too? I think they are both for real referring to Austin and Dallas. 
And I am going to apologize for our podcasting because we have not talked about Dallas enough. And they have not lost in two months. They lost to the Revs on March 5th. Since then, they've gone unbeaten. Wins over Nashville, Portland, Colorado, Tulsa in the Open Cup. They didn't get cup set. And then it wins over Houston and then drew SKC this past weekend. The only time they've allowed more than one goal was this past week in SKC. So they drew Red Bulls, who you could make an argument, one of the best teams in the league, drew them nil-nil on the road, a crazy good result, getting that across conference win draw, which felt like a win. Going to Chicago, getting a nil-nil result. That was during Chicago. It was really good. Like, is anyone going to score on this keeper stretch? Nashville at home, Portland at home, and demolished these teams. 2-0 win over Nashville, 4-1 win over Portland. Uh, then 2-1 went over Houston, then went on the road and got a result against Sporting Kansas City. Their only loss was on the road to New England. So they have started off really, really well. They put themselves in a much better spot than I think a lot of people expected this year. They are in fourth right now, which doesn't seem to be – wow, the top four teams in the West are from Texas and California. That's wild. Um, which a I th- bit of an asterisk to that, RSL are fifth. And they're tied on points with FC Dallas and LA Galaxy. But they have played one more game. Oh, they're right. But yeah, so that's a little weird one. Um, Yeah, wow, that's crazy. So I think Dallas is for real. They've had a really good stretch and they're going on the road and getting points. And when they are at home, they have dropped two points once drawing with Toronto first match this season in February. Did the season start in February? That's crazy. Yeah. It um, start in February. Okay. So the one time they dropped any amount of points at home was week one and they dropped two. So they're unbeaten at home and no one's really scoring on them. Um, if we go to yield table, Oh, man, it's not pulling up the goals allowed, but whatever. Um, uh, they've allowed seven goals. I think Philadelphia is first in the league and they probably like allowed six or five. They're tied with the galaxy on goals against on seven. Uh, Austin and LAFC both have eight. Um, so is Philadelphia the best team in the league? Philadelphia six goals against Red Bulls, seven goals against somehow Chicago, seven goals against two, but they don't score. So they're not very good. <laughs> So Dallas is right there in the thick of all these teams that we've been talking about. Oh, best team in the league, winning the cup, winning the shield, whatever, whatever. And then there's just Dallas. Like, holy crap, when did that happen? So I think Dallas is for real. I'm really excited about that. Um, Austin, I think if I had to power rank these teams as far as how good I think they are, I think Dallas is one, Austin is two, Houston is three, um, which I will build my Austin argument momentarily as I look at this table. So second in the table behind LAFC, getting the win over – Houston, um, and then Vancouver. They did get cup set by San Antonio FC. The Texas shenanigans continue. Um, I mean, you look at Austin's most impressive result. I think you could probably say it's either a 1-0 win over Minnesota or a 1-1 draw over Seattle, both at home. But then Seattle's in the middle of the CCL game. Uh, They kind of had to call back and made that ridiculous comeback against D.C., So I'm not too sure how legit I think Austin is. I think we will find out 
very soon because they have an incredibly tough stretch. Like you were talking about, Connor, it kind of feels like they're getting these easy opponents. They host the Galaxy to RSL, to LAFC, host Orlando to the Galaxy, to Montreal. So their summer is looking kind of – the start, this May and June stretch, I think is going to show if they're legit or not. I think they'll bump down in the table. Um, I think they're better than most people thought they were going to be. And I think they will make the playoffs because they've built such a strong stretch to start the season. But I think after this month or month and a half, we'll find out that I don't think they're as good as the start was. But Dallas is for real, I think. Austin, I think, is going to get humbled a little bit. In Houston, I think Josh was around Houston. They're fine. They might make that seven or eight spot. But I think Dallas is legit, though. That's my big takeaway from our Texas shenanigans that Dallas is legit. All right, that's our Dallas talk. Uh, let's do the rest of the league, and we're going to quickly brush by the first game. FC beat Toronto 2-1. Uh, Jesus who? Sa- FC who? F- I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, this man just went FC beat FC. Toronto. FC who? FC. Um, we're not saying the second name. It's FC. Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati. Cincinnati beat Toronto in Toronto 2-1. to one. Just putting it out there, but it's okay. They get a chance for revenge in a couple days on a Wednesday game. For some reason, they did back to backs like that, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Jimenez, though, leading scorer in the league for Toronto. Uh, he has seven on the season. Scored for TFC. Murphy and Acosta scored for Cincinnati. RSL beat LA Galaxy one to nothing. Marcelo Silva scored RSL's goal. Montreal beat Atlanta uh, two to one. Kamal Miller and Joaquin. I definitely said that. Joaquin right. Torres. Joaquin, Joaquin Torres. I even picked him on my fantasy lineup too uh, for this week. Scored the goals for Montreal. Marcelo. They have MLS fantasy? Huh? What? Who? Hi? Why? Who? What? Huh? What? Huh? FC who? Yeah, FC who? (laughs) Marcelino Moreno scored the goal for Atlanta. He continues to get better, uh, which is... No? What? The the debate right now around Marcelino Moreno is how he doesn't do anything for the team, like, on the field and just gets in the way of other attacking players. But, yes, he is scoring pretty consistently. So he's he's like the epitome of an enigma, like the exact definition... I think Doug Robertson tweeted that he's been the center of this debate, the AJC guy, because he always tweets stuff like he lost the ball again. Everyone's like, Doug, what are you doing, man? I unfollowed Doug a long time ago. Rip, Doug. (laughs) All right. Orlando (laughs) beat Charlotte two to one. Uh, Ruan and Facundo Torres scored for Orlando. Christian Fuchs scored for Charlotte. Uh, That was a PK, by the way. Yeah. Weird that he's taking their penalties, but yeah, Christian Fuchs, uh, former Leicester City man. So, who on this day six years ago he just tweeted it won the Premier League. Oh, good wow. day for the Fuchs family. <laughs> Big day for the Leicester family. Former Charlotte Independence player, by the way. <laughs> okay, this is a true statement. I guess technically. What do you mean technically? It is. Yeah, there is no technically. He is legitimately. <laughs> People still wear this dude's jerseys at our game. He comes to the games a lot. He's a nice guy. Yeah. There you go. Um, Christian Fuchs, former Charlotte Independence player, because of course. Nothing else happened before that. <laughs> Columbus beat DC. Oh, I missed a game. 
New England Revolution beat Miami 2 to nothing. Damian Rivera scored for New England. His first career MLS start, only 19. He scored less than a minute into the game. So, hell of a way to get your first start. Uh, congratulations to him. And then Adam Buxa with the other goal. Inter-Miami also got two uh, things of their own, except they were two red cards. So, <laughs> things are going really, really well in Miami right now. Now we get to Columbus beating, oh, what, who, huh? To be fair, they were going well for Miami, three straight wins. However, another factor that I forgot to put down but is important, the guy that's been scoring for them, Leo Campana, came off in the first 15 minutes with an injury. So that is not good for Miami. Yeah, uh, and I don't think Gonzalo Higuain has really been playing, has he? No, he got benched. Yeah. He came as a sub one time. for Atlanta. He got booed when he came on the field or something one time. Weird situation there. Yeah, uh, maybe don't sign aging Europeans. Just a suggestion. Um, finally, we'll get to DC Columbus, uh, where Columbus won three to nothing. Pedro Santos, Etienne, and Darlington Nagby scored for Columbus. Red Bull beat Chicago two to one. Zerdan Shakiri scored a penalty, and Patrick Klamala scored a brace, one of which being a penalty. Colorado beat Portland two to nothing. Diego Rubio uh, scored before he got a second yellow and was sent promptly to the dressing room. And uh, Mark Anthony K scored for Colorado. Uh, I don't think Zardes was available. Correct. You have this not. was a really late night game on Saturday, so I, I missed it. I don't think he played because I think that would have there would have been a much bigger deal made of it. Um, so are you saying wasn't available because of the trade? Yeah. He actually appeared for them last week. He did. Yeah, he did. He came, he came on like just a couple days after getting traded because I remember seeing that and thinking, wow, that's really fast. I did not see that. So maybe he was available and played. Um, <sighs> I'm looking it up right now just to confirm great MLS social media. Uh, pushing the fact that players are making their debuts and maybe i just missed it probably just you did just miss it because i saw it yeah and i've, I've been busy too so fair enough nycfc beat san jose three to nothing as san jose continue to suck uh <laughs> they're leading the league in terms of goals against with 23 oh yeah the second that's not that bad that's only like two and a half goals a game <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like four times worse than the league leader. <laughs> the second worst in the league is Toronto FC, who have 19 goals against. But yeah, the big difference, Toronto has scored 16. Um, San Jose has scored 15. Actually, that's not that bad. I thought it was a lot less than that. Uh, but Christopher Gloucester, Gabriel Pereira, and Keaton Parks scored for NYCFC. Now, Let's do our final two games, which we're going a little bit in depth on. Our final two games, Nashville, Philly being our first one. Nashville opening their brand new stadium. They tied Philly one to one. Mikhail Uer, I think is how you say it, um, scored for Philly. It was his first goal. And I think the first goal in the new stadium. So, yes. Uh, double Congrats, f- Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Randall Leal scored a PK. Either of you see anything from the game? I think it was 
the stadium's insane, first of all. Um, it looked like a really good atmosphere, too. Finally is probably the best way of putting it. They finally have their stadium. Yeah, looks sweet. Um, 30,000, biggest soccer-specific stadium in the U.S. Uh, Hold on. Yeah. I don't think we should be saying finally when there are teams like NYCFC or MLS Original New England Revolution who don't even have their own stadiums yet. Nashville was, only no, took no, no, two no. I was I wasn't saying finally as in it's about time they get a new stadium. Finally, they get to play at home in okay. their own stadium. Fair enough. As opposed you mean to it in, in the context of their eight-game road trip yes. to start, nine-game road trip. All right, my bad. My bad for misinterpreting. But yes, uh, my, everybody my personal interpreted it too, so it's fine. Yes. <laughs> my personal favorite touch of the new stadium, uh, and this was from Pablo Mar, the media members, I guess, they got to park on the racetrack next to the stadium. So I – and the funny thing about that, so me and my brother have discussed going to the Nashville Atlanta game at the end of the month, uh, which will be up in Nashville, um, since it's only about a three and a half hour trip from where we are in Georgia. But I was doing a little digging, and one thing I noticed is there's not a lot of parking next to the stadium. Like just upon first glance, like you look at a map, and it's like where do people even park? And I went into like the Nashville subreddit and onto their website to see. And at the time when I looked, because this was weeks ago, they had not um, posted any information on it yet. So it was funny to me to see Pablo talking about parking on a racetrack. Anytime we get any sort of NASCAR soccer crossover, which there's a lot of it happening recently, by the way. Yeah, I love that stuff. Love it. So the fact that they're parking on the racetrack is hilarious to me. If I somehow get the opportunity to park on the racetrack, I will try to do everything in my power to do a lap or two around that sucker before I actually park it. Um, not that they'll let me do that, no, but no. I will try if it's possible. I'm, I'm definitely going to do it. Um, side note. Did you guys see the thing that's happening at Daytona? Oh, Orlando and Louisville are playing yes. like in the, in the infield grass the word? on the yeah. front stretch. Yes. Yeah. That is uh, crazy. This is, it's a two and a half mile track. So it's gigantic. I've been to Talladega, which is 2.66 miles. So it's slightly bigger, but it's basically the same style track. Uh, yes, they're playing a soccer game on the infield, on the front stretch. That's a lot of seating, by the way. That's like 100,000 seats along the front stretch. Um, and yes, they'll have an NWSL match, among other soccer matches. So more, more NASCAR soccer crossovers. I'm, I'm all here for it. But uh, yeah, I mean, super exciting for Nashville. I haven't gotten a chance to do it yet, but I really want to go back and probably not watch the game but I'm going to look for highlights. I'm going to look for um, hopefully MLS did a 15 minute video on it. They like to post some condensed games. So hopefully they have that um, on their uh, mobile app and I'll be able to watch that. Cause I, I want to see what the atmosphere is like, but from all the pictures um, again, Pablo, he posted a picture walking to the stadium and it was just so cool looking up on the Hill um, from where he was coming from the racetrack, I guess. <laughs> um, but it looks like an awesome place. You feel a little bad for the Nashville fans that they had to watch yet another draw, but I guess it's fitting in that sense, but really, really exciting. It just goes to show, you know, how far soccer has come, not only in the country, but in the Southeast, it took MLS 
what was it? Uh, 19 years to finally get into the South and with Atlanta United. And now that they've done that and, you know, that was the first marker of success, but then you get Nashville and they now have the largest soccer stadium in uh, the U S and Canada. And then you've got Charlotte joining as well. So it's just really exciting to see the sport pick up in the South where people doubted its popularity for so long. And Florida doesn't count, by the way. If somebody's going to try to say Orlando, <laughs> That's what I was laughing about. <laughs> Florida does not count. Florida is its own thing. Everybody in the South knows this. But even Florida knows it. Exactly. It's not called Southern Man. It's called Florida Man for a reason. All right. Before we dive into more Florida Man things. Uh, and no, no down, more Florida Man things. up down that rabbit hole. Um, we will try. Wait, is Gonzalo Higuain Florida man? I think he might be Florida man. I think Breck Shea is Florida man. Flo- okay, that's a that's good shout. True. But Florida man gets benched. That's Gonzalo Higuain right there. Don't Google that because I feel like not going <laughs> to come out or come up from that. Um, yeah, let's go to California instead, or maybe Minnesota. I'm not sure what this game was, but. LAFC beat Minnesota. Jose Cifuentes and Ryan Hollingshead scored the goals. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which I didn't even see. Uh, I think it was Josh brought it up before we started recording. Emmanuel Reynoso's family's now joined him in the U.S., and apparently he's been playing really well since it happened. Uh, but I haven't noticed that, to be honest. So hopefully that's helping him. Uh, I don't know whatever came of the legal stuff that happened in Argentina. I think it was. Yes. I think the most recent thing is just that it's ongoing unresolved. There's a chance. So, so this is where this is as far as my limited legal knowledge of the Argentine legal system goes, <laughs> but remember Tiago Almada was like a person of interest and it took a long time for him to not be a pr- and he wasn't even like considered part of the crime or whatever. It's just he was remotely associated. So I don't know if something similar is happening with Reno. So he seemed to be more of the central figure of his legal dispute, whereas Almada was near the incident, it seems. See? Sounds like Reynoso was part of the incident himself. So I don't know what's you know i don't know if that's still ongoing or how long it's going to take for them to get through the process of the investigation or what i think at this point no news is good news but yeah we should mention that legal issue is him pistol whipping a child um because you know uh allegedly allegedly pistol whipping a child but in more positive news dane st Clair has been really good for minnesota did allow two goals in this match uh, took 80 minutes. Sorry. It took 80 minutes. It took 80 minutes yeah. for them to get a goal past him though, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, he's had a great start to the season, really solidified himself as sort of like the number one in Minnesota, uh, which we didn't really think was going to happen because they have, I think it's Miller, Tyler Miller. Uh, yeah. So they got two really, really good goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, LAFC continuing to play well under Steve Chirundolo. He's sort of come in and he's done really, really well with them. Have you really noticed anything in terms of his execution in LA that sort of turned things around from last season? So that's the big thing. He hasn't changed much 
about the way they do things. He's really just kind of come in as opposed to overhauling what Bob Bradley did. He's just sort of refreshed. It also helps that the front office made fantastic offseason moves. Um, Maxime Crepeau is the biggest one. They finally have a solid goalkeeper. Jonathan Ryan Hollingshead. Yeah. Uh, who? Lewis. Isn't it Jonathan Lewis? He plays for Colorado. Nope. You might be thinking of it as Neil to Jerry Shroddy. No, they brought in the guy from Colorado. Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta. That's who it was. Other American. Yeah. Kellen Acosta. Yeah. They, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Kellen Acosta is a good shout. Ryan Hollingshead got this goal and has scored at least once, maybe twice earlier in the season. Um, he's been injured, but Franco Escobar is another good move for LAFC should he get healthy, which will make me really sad. But, um, you know, all those moves, they just, they got MLS experience and they've really just come in and solidified the things that LAFC has done well. I think it's worth noting that they don't beat teams the way they used to under Bob Bradley, but the fact that they are all alone at the top of the table in the league on 2.44 points per game, which is an insane clip, they'll probably won't be able to sustain it. That's obviously a record-setting pace. But the fact that they've done so is great. You know, they had a propensity of, you know, giving up late goals or not having the bite to finish games off. And that's been completely different this year. Uh, Both goals in this game came from substitutes from Sifuentes and Hollingshead. Um, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but I think they've had like seven or eight goals this season come from substitutes. So that just shows that Chirondolo is pulling the right strings. He's making the right adjustments. He's putting out the, correct players to make sure the team is successful. And that is sometimes really difficult for coaches. Uh, I think Bruce arena is a good example. He sometimes tries to put a square peg in a round hole by playing that four, four, two diamond all the time. And it kind of has run his players into the ground a little bit, Uh, but you've got Trundolo here doing great things in terms of just getting the best out of his players. And it's, it sounds simple because it kind of is, but it's, Definitely easier said than done. So great, great stuff from Trundle so far. And that's ultimately the job of the manager is to get the best out of your players. And he's done a really good job of that. Um, So maybe he's not the greatest tactically in terms of out managing uh, in game a team, but he can put the players in the best position to succeed. And, you know, Yep. Well, as I say, when you have talent like that, sometimes that's all you got to do is you just got to make sure that they're comfortable. And, you know, obviously they have to be on the same page to an extent, but yeah, you don't have to get crazy tactically when you have all these good players at your disposal, Uh, including Carlos Vela, who signed a contract extension. Are we going to talk about that at all? I was about to say, have we talked about that yet? No, I think that happened like the day after we recorded. True. Do you think it was a good idea to extend Carlos Vela? I think the extension was through the end of next season. So they added it. They tacked on a year and a half and he's still a DP. I, you can tell by my tone that I'm not a fan of the move, but <laughs> Drew, Drew, what do you make of this? Oh, what's that? Oh, this is going to be fun. Go ahead, Drew. Well, Carlos Vela, still a DP. Another year oh, and a half. Yikes. I think I accidentally made Josh mad about Carlos Vela. Um, is it a good move? A year and a half. How, let's see. How old is Mr. 32 it's like 32 might be 33 maybe just 31 33 he just he turned 33 about two months ago holy crap it's may um so he'll be 
he'll be 35, right? When the contract runs out, if I don't suck at math. Um, or 34. 35. 35, cool, sweet. 34, he, cool. He will be 34, but he will be pushing 35 by the time yeah. this contract runs out. Yeah, 34 on 35, still be a DP. You know, I... Huh. I guess it's good. That's that's my take. I guess it's good. Um, I mean, he's one of the best talents in the league, if not the... Well, I think Tati Castellanos might have something to say about that now. But... Hmm. That DP spot, that's the weird thing. Will he be producing at a DP level for that time? And we know in this league to be good, you need to make use of, unless you're Nashville, um, you need to make use of all three DPs and let them all succeed. And if you have a guy who's just not playing as much on the legs, you're going to get those. He can only run for so long. As we've seen, there's a lot more interconference matchups. So you could be traveling to Orlando then having to come back and play in LA and then go play on a baseball field and then go play in Ohio or something crazy like that. And then go play in Vancouver. Um, so I don't necessarily hate the move. I guess I'm not as passionate about it as I presume you are, Josh, but I mean, he's been producing so far this season. I think that was one of the things that's been interesting about this deal was that Josh gave me a weird face. I should probably pull up numbers before I say that. Um, they've won four straight games. Oh, one of those is the Open Cup. Shout out to them for not getting cups at. Um, that's something we have to acknowledge every time now. So I... Really? I don't know if we do. You're just mad no one cares about the Canadian Championship. But anyway... Um, <laughs> I guess I'm not as much of a fan of the move, but I'm. what's holding me back is that's Carlos Vela. Like, he could just show up and be that dude next year. So I guess I don't like it. I'm not as passionate about you, about it as you are, Josh. But I'll let you rant, and my final take will be, I guess it's not great, but it's also Carlos Vela. You're saying this about a guy who was the MVP a season and a half ago. That's the thing. And like, I mean, you have all these injuries he's dealing with and I looked back and like, I can't really remember the last time he scored a goal for them. Literally. He opened the season scoring. Yeah. And that was like two months ago. He scored a hat trick against Colorado. All right. Let me, let me take this over here. Go for it. He hasn't scored a goal since March 20th against Vancouver. Correct. Against Vancouver. He does have three assists in that time, but one of those was in the open cup. So again, do with that information, what you will. Um, Yeah. He did start the season scoring hat trick in the first game. First game is great. Um, But that's the first game of the season. And it was against Colorado who we know is not that bad for Colorado to lose three, nothing coming off CCL. Right. That was probably expected. Here's my thing. Vela is getting old, right? Father time is at some point going to catch up with him. Um, He hasn't played a full 90, started and played a full 90 in three games since the 17th against a terrible sporting Kansas City in which Vela didn't even notch a goal or an assist. Like, come on, man. Even Elaine United was able to do that stuff, and they're terrible. Um, Barely played full 90 games this year. 
he's getting older. Like Drew said, the fact that he's getting a DP spot is worrisome to me because that could be so much better utilized. Again, this is a team that has already got a really good base. They've already brought in really good MLS players. Imagine if they added on another designated player and they're going to free up a spot when the Diego Rossi to that Turkish club, which one? Right. When the, Yes. When the, when the Rossi to Fenerbahce deal like officially goes through this summer and whatever, a couple weeks, couple, couple months, um, that's another DP slot. So I don't know why you wouldn't have those two free slots. Hasn't it already gone through? There's been like a gentleman's agreement. And I think Tommy scoops has reported that it's done, but it has not been announced officially yet anywhere. So anyway, I don't like the deal. I think it's a bad deal. Again, this is a guy that just hasn't been the healthiest. Um, You know, looking at his log, he has played in every single game uh, and only subbed on for the U.S. Open Cup game. But the fact that he only has the four goals and four assists, God, I feel like such a jerk for saying that because four goals, four assists is pretty good through nine games. But I don't know. He's just not. Eight goal contributions in nine games. Yes. Was the league MVP. He is incredibly marketable he's one of the best mexicans in the world period um in a city like la with a sizable mexican population it's a great marketing chip as i mentioned he's still a good player he takes away the spotlight from some of the other guys uh which is very valuable i understand the age being a bit of a issue it's it's not so much the age itself it's the age combined with the injuries that's the thing for me i I should have been more specific those two things together just bad recipe i still think it's worth it because i think he brings a lot off the field even if he isn't necessarily constantly contributing on the field in the regular season this is a guy who as you've said many times josh the way you win in this league is star power and Carlos Vela is a star. There is no debating that. And yes, you have him on a DP contract, but that attracts players too. You know, guys want to play with Carlos Vela. And you're going to have already the free DP slot from Diego Rossi. You'll be able to fill that. You could potentially look at moving Ryan Rodriguez. They have options, and I don't think signing the face of your franchise who's been the face of your franchise since your inception to a new designated player contract when realistically would he have taken a non-dp deal probably not so i think it's smart business for them and they're top of the league for a reason right and carlos vale is a big part of that so age injuries worrisome i still think it's more than worth it like again Eight goal contributions in nine games. That's absurd. Like, that's still really DP level good. So, I've. I think the question is like you said, if LAFC did not offer him a DP deal, because the biggest fear, right, is if you're LAFC and don't offer him a DP deal, then like, oh God, if the Galaxy offered him a DP deal and he goes to play for the Galaxy, I think the world would explode. But that's the biggest fear, like how, because like I think you bring up very valid points with his marketability and face of the franchise. Because then the question is, could you have gotten him 
without that DP spot? And if you were able to, would another team offer him that same spot? Yes. And then good start. Yeah. I mean, who? But then, like, what do you like? I mean, Cincinnati probably would, but they don't know how to spend money. And then would he want to leave this really good franchise he's been with for seasons now to go play somewhere else? And the question is, is he going to be able to keep this pace up? Probably not, because eight goal contributions through nine games, like that's ridiculous for every anyone. That's just absurd. Because the old age thing, so that it's a big it's a big question of what ifs that I don't think we'll ever know. It's a big question of what ifs, but I think the what ifs are worth it. If that makes sense, I think it's worth it to take those risks on a guy who you know can contribute, who you know has experience in MLS, and that's a big thing. Um, and I don't think they would he would have stayed around if it wasn't a DP deal. I think he could get more money somewhere else, and he could go back to Mexico too. But he's chosen to stay in LA. So I I understand your thinking. I just disagree with it. <laughs> I, I think- mean, I, I think that's a really good point, the the DP money aspect and him leaving. Um, and it it is known that he was at least considering going back to Spain for his wife and her family. So I'm sure they probably, you know, were would have been able to pay something competitive and therefore. LAFC had to be like, you know what, we got to go ahead and bite the bullet and give him the DP money so we can keep him around. And they still do have the other DP slot. So, and ideally, Brian Rodriguez won't be occupying the third slot much longer, although that I also think he's overrated, but it's fine. (laughs) Good luck getting rid of him is what you were trying to say. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting point of discussion in terms of where the league is going. But I think with this specific player, it's worth it. With somebody else, like, um, I don't know, somebody really marketable star from, say, Argentina, who's playing in a big new city, who has a new team. Um, come on, put two and two together here. Balding. Very bold. No, no, no. I, I understood. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily worth it, especially considering what... The fallout was from adding another aging European star, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Oh yeah. What's up? Just last thought on Vela. Pretty genius contract design to have his contract expire in the middle of the season. He totally bet on himself and it worked out perfectly. Yeah. For him. Definitely got a big payday out of that. Let's do players of the week, goals of the week and games to watch. Players of the week. We will start with me, because I never start. I will say my player of the week is Patrick Kalamala. I scored a brace for New York Red Bulls. He's been doing really well this season. I don't think we've really given him enough credit. Um, Interestingly, our players of the week this week feature no Americans. So we will go as close to America as you can get with Drew's next pick or not Drew, Josh's pick. I went with Kamal Miller. He just roasted Atlanta United this past weekend. He had a goal and an assist, which is pretty solid for a defender. Um, Yeah. Just a really good overall game from him. I didn't get to see the game as much as I wanted, 
Um, but from everything I could gather on Twitter, he had a great game. And again, just embarrassed the entire Atlanta team. So good for him. Drew, yours, we don't give these guys enough credit. Who's your player? We don't. I went with Andre Blake, uh, pulled out a lot of good saves. I should probably pull up the exact number. But Philadelphia somehow got a 1-1 draw with all the hype and hoopla of Nashville's new stadium. And Nashville probably should have won that game. Another game Nashville probably should have won, but they didn't. And Andre Blank was a big – Andre Blank because he blanks opponents. That's his new name. He was a big part of it. So we got my player of the week honors. You know, if we didn't have to do our fantasy update, I'd probably just end the podcast now. <laughs> but uh, because we still have to do it, and it's our <laughs> favorite segment and we can't get rid of it. Um, let's do the rest of the podcast. And we'll stay in Nashville because – Andre Blank wasn't, in fact, blank in this game. No, he tried, though. He tried. So, yeah, my goal of the week, kind of a low-hanging fruit. I went with Randall Ayal's penalty kick. First, Nashville SC goal at Geodis Park because Philadelphia and Jim Curtin ruined the party. But the stadium was really nice, really cool. Um, I got to see it under construction last summer when I was there. So to see it fully there is sick. And stadium kind of exploded. And it's crazy. Someone tweeted a picture of all the stadiums that team has played in. They played at like Vanderbilt's practice facility. They played at, I don't know if you were there, Josh, but when NSC was still in USL, they played at Lane United where the Nashville Sounds play in their minor league baseball team. Um, I stood there in pouring rain in the left field bleachers, not even bleachers, just a left field grass. Oh. Um, and then Nissan Stadium, which been a lot of games there. So to finally see that team have a stadium is sick. And like Josh said, soccer in the South is awesome. And we could talk about that forever, but it was cool to see Nashville go crazy. Finally have some good in that stadium and have a permanent home. All right. I'm going to go second because we're going to go one, two, three, uh, or I'm going to go one, two, three. My goal of the week was Sebastian Ferreira's halfway line goal. Uh, goalkeeper probably shouldn't have been that far out of his net. But uh, it was a nice finish regardless. And I think the keeper got injured on the play too, which sucks. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a great goal, Sebastian Ferreira. Not often do you see halfway line goals. Josh, you changed yours because I reminded you of this goal. What is your goal of the week? Going with Alan Velasco's free kick. Very, very tight angle. It reminded me of uh, Wayne Rooney. He had a similar free kick a couple years ago, I want to say, against Orlando City. He really tormented that team. Um, he, he scored that halfway line goal. He scored the – he had that assist for Lucho Acosta in the last minute. Man, he really, really destroyed Orlando. Um, but, yeah, Velasco's turn to score a similar free kick. Maybe a little bit of questionable goalkeeping, but still a great, uh, great attempt nonetheless. So that's that's what I went with. Surprised you didn't say the Tony Cruz, similar goal to that. Um, and I think yeah, I, you got to keep it in MLS, baby. That's what this podcast is all about, and many other things that we <laughs> go on on tangents about. Yes, uh, that's really should be the name of this podcast: MLS and tangents. <laughs> um, Let's do games to watch before we go on another tangent about tangents. I will have Josh go first. Keep talking. 
I'm going with Montreal hosting Orlando City this Saturday, 4 p.m. Uh, both teams are doing pretty well. They're they're sitting very comfortably in the standings right now. Uh, Montreal is in fourth. Orlando is in third. Both coming off some solid wins. And uh, yeah, I, I just feel like these are not necessarily teams that are locks for the playoffs. I remember unfortunately not picking Orlando to make it, but picking Montreal to make it. Um, but b- both teams are, are off to a decent start, but they have also not reached like their full potential just yet. Montreal still kind of shaking off the CCL rust. They're almost there. Orlando have started to put, they've had some wonderful team goals lately, by the way. So they're starting to figure it out. So I'm very intrigued about how these two teams will, will play each other. All right. Drew is DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended for six games for violating the what? PED policies. God, um, what is your game to watch? Yeah. My game to watch is like the game of the season. I can't believe I got this one. Um, LAFC hosts Philadelphia Saturday night at 11 o'clock. Maybe that's why no one picked it. Cause it's late as PG 13 latest poop. Um, so I'll probably stay up for the first 15 minutes and fall asleep. But yeah, I mean, these are the two top teams in the league going out in LA. Um, Philadelphia, two really tough road games. But if there's anyone that can get points out of this, it's Jim Curtin. So see if they get to do it again. All right. I'll round it out by taking your two favorite teams. Atlanta taking on Chicago. Uh, I feel like this could be a very entertaining game. Two teams that are definitely missing stuff, but um, yeah, I think it could be really entertaining. Could be a fun game to watch. Let's do MLS Fantasy, our favorite segment on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll start off with our top five because we always do top five. Uh, sitting in first, Real ABC with Verdeja, uh, sitting on 819 points. Second, Moron FC. Uh, with Snee, Snay, still haven't gotten a proper pronunciation on that. Uh, sitting on 806, US Men's National Team SC or USMNT SC with uh, name, uh, it's struggles. Uh, with 804, two twos in a row uh, with Nelson sitting in fourth with 783 and one point back. Avenue BFC with Ketchum sitting in fifth on 783. In terms of us, we need to scroll way down to the bottom and take a look at Fantasy Soccer Sucks Boland. <laughs> 447 points in 21st. Drew is a lot higher. You're sitting in 12th now. You're climbing. 557. Uh, in 12th, I'm 11th. 639 points. So... Drew is chasing me down, uh, but we'll see if I can get back into the top 10 this week. We'll see. That's our, that was Josh's favorite segment. Josh, could you give us a little bit of an insight into your picks this week? Just silence. The silence is deafening. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who can't see audio, um, he's nodding his head. So, yeah, um, Josh loves this segment. That's it for me. I assume that's it. Well, Josh had no comments, so I assume he's tired of talking. Yes, that is correct. Definitely not talking about the last segment. Yeah. Drew, now is your time. 
take us out and remember to tell our wonderful people to subscribe. Yes. Subscribe. That's it. No, thanks guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. As always visit the website, mlsmultiplex.com to check out awesome written content from our great team of writers. Visit the website on social media at MLS multiplex to see stories come out on the social world as they get posted. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter to see rants about random shenanigans. Um, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Connor at CWG Somerville, and Josh at Josh underscore Boland. And please leave a review on the podcast. We love hearing ways how we can get better. And like Connor said, for the love of Austin Matthews, please subscribe. We're begging you. I'm on my knees. You can't see it, but I am. Um, yeah. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening. And be sure to tune in next week because a lot of MLS is going to happen. CCL final. Maybe we'll be sick with fever. Or maybe we'll just be sick because they blew it again. But we'll talk about it either way. So thanks so much, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.